blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have every reason to be confident in this new life that Christ has accomplished on our behalf through his own sacrifice. His death on the cross literally removed whatever veil, whatever curtain separated us from the holiness of God, from being in the Father's presence. And in this life that we live because he died for us, we can have confidence, assurance, not just for the life we live today, but for the life that is yet to come for us. And so this this new and living way is a life that's overflowing with hope. We're a people of hope. The people of a risen Savior are people that are overflowing with hope ourselves. Why? Because our faith, this second day, points to a, a third day, a day yet to come, a day that, that we sang about a few moments ago. And, and, and though it's yet to come, we're able to celebrate it as, as a certainty, right? It's not just we hope that one day we'll see this. We celebrate it as if it's true today because it is true today. In the song we sang, uh, Hymn of Heaven, a few moments ago, we, we sang, and on that day, we'll join the resurrection. We'll join all the people of the risen Savior. We'll, we'll join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith. And with one voice, a thousand generations will sing, worthy is the lamb that was slain, and forever he shall reign. Guys, if this doesn't give you hope today, that, that our future is secure, it's, it's established, it's already done. We don't have to fear today because we have the hope of a far greater day yet to come. And this day is made possible because of the day that we get to celebrate today. A, a, a day where we get to say, Christ is risen. Christ is risen Amen. That's a celebration for us as a whole church family, Right? But here's, here's, here's the thing. One of the saddest things for me to think about is that there, there will be people who miss this day. Not just the future day, but they miss today. They miss Easter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, 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 they know today is Easter. They know what's going on. But they'll miss it. And, and, and this isn't something new today. It happened on the very same day that Jesus rose from the grave. As we read in our passage, and, and, and certainly from some of the early resurrection stories, people miss what's going on. And, and, and you may read their stories, you may read what's happening, and, and think, how is that possible, right? They, they walked the earth with him. They heard him teach. They saw him do miracles. They, they witnessed him hanging on a cross. How do they not realize who this man is standing before them? How can, how can they... How can they miss this? Well, I want, I want you to know and understand that it's possible. It's possible to miss Easter. Maybe, maybe consider, to help us understand, consider those, uh, those posters that were popular back in the 90s, the magic eye posters, right? Do you, do you remember these pictures? Uh, they're the pictures with, with swirling colors and designs that, that aren't what they appear to be at first. Let's, let's put the picture up on the screen if we can. 
Uh, and it's just an example of one, right? For some of us, when we look at this, we just see colors. We see fancy designs. We, we see uh, just, you know, what, what seems just like a kind of mashing together of, of things, right? But what you need to know is that there's a deeper reality that's embedded in this photo. Now, if you were to take the time to let your eyes diverge a little bit, lose some focus, what you would see is a 3D photo of a heart kind of come up off the page. But for many of us, we'll miss it. Now, I'm going to actually ask us to take the picture down because otherwise we'd be here all day. You guys would be like, I don't see it. It's not there. The, the pastor's lying to us, right? But at least for now, trust me, there's a picture that's embedded in this photo, a picture of, of a three-dimensional heart. And, and just as we look at this picture and miss the deeper reality of what's going on in this image, so countless people in our world and in our history have missed the deeper meaning of Easter. They've missed the reality, the, the message of God in the empty tomb of Jesus. Now, some of us will try to find some way to, to, to rationalize the account of Jesus' resurrection as merely you know, some emotional reaction of the witnesses. They were so overwhelmed with what they had witnessed, and, and they were so overwhelmed that Jesus' tomb was empty that, that they found some way of just rationalizing it as, hey, it happens, right? Some, some will write it off as just being a false testimony, right? Uh, Jesus' followers don't want it to be true and, or don't want it to be wrong, so, so they're going to give us some false story to kind of justify why the tomb was empty. Still others, they, they just won't care because their, their hearts and minds are desensitized to the truth that we live not just in a physical world, but also a spiritual world, that there are realities beyond our eyes and ears and hands and touch and taste and smell that we cannot explain with physical rationale, but need to understand within the context of the fact that we live in a spiritual world, a spiritual reality, an eternal reality. And there will be some of us who are just desensitized to this truth, and, and so they just won't care about the resurrection. There will be plenty of people who will look at the story of Easter who will look at the story of Jesus' resurrection from the grave, and all they'll, all they'll see is a mashing together of colors and swirling designs and, and no more. Like, like the magic eye posters, they'll see the surface picture, but miss the deeper reality, the meaning that this picture brings to our lives, the meaning that the author of the painting wants you to see and to know. The story that, that Luke records for us in, in uh, Luke chapter 24 of these two travelers on the road to Emmaus introduce us to two such people who are missing the point, who, who are actually there on that fir very first day of resurrection and are missing the significance and the meaning of what's going on. It, it's a Sunday. And earlier in the day, we learned that the women had visited the tomb. They find the tomb empty. They rush back and tell the other disciples. Peter and John rush back to the, to, to the tomb and see that it's empty. But they still don't quite get it. They understand something's happened, but, but they, they don't get it. They, they, they appear dejected and, and, and confused. These two are walking back to a, a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they too seem discouraged, dejected, and, and alone. 
But then Jesus comes up alongside these two travelers, and we're told in verse 16 that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, here's the thing. If I were to write this story, I might be able to say, yeah, they didn't recognize him, but I would say, well, it was because they were overcome with grief, or they were just so discouraged that their expectations of a Savior weren't met, they just didn't see what was going on in front of them. <laughs> but, but that's not what's happening here. See, they're kept from recognizing Jesus, and so we don't really know fully what they're thinking or feeling because what they're thinking and feeling isn't the point of this story that Luke is recording for us. What is the point is that the risen Savior is alive and walking with them and has something to tell them. Luke uses a, a form of the Greek word called a divine passive. It's, it's, a, it's an action that, that's meant to describe the actions of God. God is doing something. And, and it's meant to communicate that God is intentionally keeping them from recognizing who Jesus is because he's got something else that he wants them to notice. It, it was almost like God was holding his hands over their eyes, saying, don't look yet, don't look yet, right? I don't know about you, but that seems particularly unfair to me. I mean, haven't these guys been through enough? I mean, they, they, the, witnessing the things that they've seen over these past few days, knowing what Jesus went through, seeing him die, knowing he was buried, hearing that, 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 that his tomb was empty, for all they know at this point, someone could have come and robbed their Savior's grave, robbed Jesus' grave, this man that they thought was a great prophet and teacher. So, that seems unfair, right? They're, they're, they're already carrying a lot of grief on their shoulders. Why, why this, Lord? Why, why something more? See, I think sometimes we don't want the circumstances we find ourselves in. But I hope that when you read this story, you see a God who sees beyond our circumstances and wants you to hear and see and know the deeper reality of what's going on. See, God has a plan, and, and he wants to show them something that they wouldn't otherwise notice. Think about it. If, if Jesus walked up alongside them, and they, they fully understood what he's doing, they're like, oh, my goodness, what? we thought you were dead, right? I mean, they're, they're going to be so enthralled with the fact that Jesus is alive and walking with them that they won't have the capacity to see the deeper meaning that God wants them to see and to know. It's a little like when, when someone's so excited to show you something, but they don't want you to get ahead of yourself, right? And, and so they blindfold you and lead you to, into a room or into a place so that they can reveal the surprise to you when it matters most and when it means the most. I, I think I've told the story before, but uh, I'm sure you all know by now, I've said it enough times, I'm colorblind, right? And, and at one point, a, a dear friend gave me these special sunglasses that allow me to see light. But when, when they gave the gift, they told Tara and my family, they said, listen, I, I want you to, to do it in such a way that, that, that you know, it makes sense, right? And so Tara and, and the family, they come up with this plan. They're going to blindfold me and, and lead me to a place where uh, there's lots of sunlight, and so the, the glasses are guaranteed to work, and I can see lots of bright colors, well, their plan was they're going to take me down to Jennings Beach, which is maybe like, what, half mile, maybe a mile down the road. But I'm blindfolded from the house 
all the way to the beach. And my dad, who's here today, was in charge of leading me, you may remember, leading me uh, to the car and then out of the car to the spot where uh, I was to, to look at, uh, the, to, to see the gift revealed. The reason why I'm telling you is because I, I hit my shin numerous times as he's leading me around. Like, I'm blind, I can't see anything. I don't know what's going on. And he's so excited, he's not even paying attention to where he's leading me. So, so I, you know, I'm, I've got all these shins uh, bruised up and broken, but I still can't see what's going on, right? I'm not able to understand what's happening here until they decided it was time for me to know what was going on. And so once we get to the beach, once we're in this very sunny area, they've got these colorful balloons set up, they take the blindfold off, give me the sunglasses, and it's really an amazing moment that, that I'm able to, you know, it would have been different if they had me open up the sunglasses at home, in a, you know, inside the living room where it's not very bright, and then say, okay, now we're gonna go to the beach and look at it, right? But because I was blindfolded, led to the beach, and was able to open this gift in that moment, in that time, when they had planned it, it was a beautiful moment for me. In fact, it was a moment I was over, overcome by tears because I'm thinking, I've never seen colors like this before. It was an amazing moment. All because they knew that there had to be a very specific time when I should open these glasses and experience seeing colors the way these glasses could help me to see. Now, I think in a much safer way, God kept these two travelers from recognizing Jesus because God knew that there had to be a very specific time and a specific way that he wanted them to understand the deeper meaning of what was going on here. That it, when God revealed to them the truth and the, the reality of the resurrection, it would forever change their mind. And what God wanted them to know was not just to see this man who had been crucified and killed, but to understand that there's a much fuller message to be had and to be realized in the resurrection. Take a look again at, at verses 17 and 18 of, of our passage in Luke 24. And, and he said to them, Jesus, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? See, the, 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 the truth is that Jesus compassionately comes along these two who are sad and, and, and dejected. And he's like, What's, what are you guys talking about? And, and, and they don't recognize him. They, they still think he's a stranger. And they begin to tell Jesus all about Jesus' life, Right? They say he's a prophet who's mighty before God in word and deed. They, they recount Jesus' trial, his crucifixion. They tell stories of the stories of the empty tomb and, and that, that they, they don't really seem convinced is true, right? They say, well, this person, they say it's empty, right? They even tell this stranger of their disappointment that Jesus is not the one they thought he would be. Right? Look at verse 21 of our passage. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. Yeah, this Jesus, we, we had hoped he would redeem Israel. We'd, we'd hoped that he'd rescue his people, right? But guess what? It's been three days. Three days since he was killed. I'm pretty sure the story's done. I, I don't think we can expect him to be who we thought he was going to be. 
And there it is. They missed it. They missed it. They, they'd lived it. They'd breathed it. They'd heard all the, 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 the mighty words that he proclaimed, the promises that he made. They'd seen the miracles. They'd grown up being taught all the, the history of, in the law and the prophets. And yet they missed it. They still missed it. They're, they're looking right at the magic eye poster. And they can't see this 3D image come off the page and reveal to them the deeper truth that the author of the painting wants them to see. Church, I'm sometimes afraid that, that we miss it. We, we, we speak about the resurrection. We talk about the empty grave. We talk about the, the fact that Jesus came back from the dead, that he's alive. We even try to convince one another that, 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 that the tomb was actually empty. We get into these arguments about all the historical evidence for why the tomb was empty. And all those things are important. But yet I think we still miss it. I think we get caught up in our religious rhythms and routines and, and, and traditions around Easter. Our special dinner that we're going to have later on. We, we focus on the story closely enough. But but we fail to see the deeper reality of the truth, the mystery of the resurrection, the wonderful truth of today. There, there's, a, there's a message that Jesus wanted these two along the Emmaus Road to notice. There's a message that Jesus wants you and I to notice this resurrection Sunday. And, it, and it's a message that doesn't start with the victory shout, because the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty. No, it's a message that declares Jesus' death was necessary. Listen again to verse 24, or sorry, 25 and 26 in our passage. These are Jesus' words to the disciples. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. In other words, hey, folks, you've grown up around these messages, these stories. Wasn't this necessary? Weren't, weren't you expecting this? Weren't you aware that this was going to happen? See, the, the issue isn't that, 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 that these two didn't see or, or witness the events of the last few days. The issue is that the scriptures have been telling this story since the very beginning. And yet they didn't believe it. And I don't mean that in a mental sense. They didn't believe that this was true. They didn't believe it from their hearts. They're discouraged and sad. They're, they're, they're downcast because Jesus has been crucified. But, but if they were students of the scriptures, if they understood the promises of God, they wouldn't have been surprised. They wouldn't have thought the story's done they would have understand that this was meant to happen. It was necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. See, I think these two missed the message of the gospel. They, they missed the full message of Easter and the rest of the scriptures. Church, the full message of Easter isn't an empty grave. That's not the full message of, of, of Easter, the full message of Easter 
is the fulfillment of the promises that God has been making from the very beginning since Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden. Promises where God had promised to save his people from sin and death. And not just save us from sin and death, but crush the head of the serpent. Defeat death, ultimately and eternally. And that God would not just save us from that past life, but save us to a life in which we walk in the peace of the garden with God forever. It's the message of scripture that teaches us that the Messiah would be a substitutionary sacrifice who who would uphold justice and righteousness and in so doing win us peace through his own death. That's the testimony of Scripture. A a testimony of Scripture that that tells us it was necessary to to, to uphold God's reign of righteousness and peace, that there would be one who paid a penalty for sin and evil. And so God took it upon himself to bear the weight of the sin. It's a message that teaches us that the coming Messiah's death would redeem us back from this, would redeem us back from sin and death and redeem us to a new life in the kingdom of God under the reign of a new king, a good king, a righteous king, a peace-filled king. And so it was a promise that told us that the Messiah would not only die in our place, but that he would defeat death and come back from the grave three days later. They would have known this. They they did know this, and yet they missed it. See, the deeper, more true and wonderful message of Easter is that all of God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. Everything that God has promised to do and has done and will yet do, find their yes in Jesus. And specifically, in this act of his death on the cross, that's not completed until he rises from the grave three days later. Church, all of the scriptures up to this point and all of the scriptures recorded after this moment all point to this truth. That it was necessary for Jesus to be a substitute substitute for us. An atoning sacrifice where he took our place, where, where, where he died a death that he did not deserve, that we might have a life that we don't deserve, but God graciously gives us. All of this so that we could have life with God and be considered children of God. So the question I need us to ask ourselves this morning is, is how do we make sure we don't miss this? How do we make sure we understand it's not just a matter of of recognizing that the tomb was empty, but that it was necessary that there be a body in the tomb and coming back from the grave we have this gift of life. How do we make sure we don't miss this message? How do we not let Easter pass us by without noticing the significance of what we celebrate? Well, let me give you two ideas of how you can not let this Easter pass you by without paying attention to the full message of the resurrection. 
I think we begin by listening to what Jesus has to say and considering ourselves, for ourselves the testimony of Scripture. Well, while Jesus walked along the road, we're told that he, he after he kind of says, you foolish ones who are slow of heart to believe all that the Scriptures have said, we're said after Jesus says that, he then turns to them and starts to interpret the Scriptures to them. He doesn't tell them the Scriptures. He interprets them for them. Look what he says in verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Guys, the testimony of scripture, all of scripture points to Jesus. And we can read the Bible like a book. We can learn the facts of the book. We can learn the different letters that were written and the histories recorded and the types of literature there are in the Bible. But we can still miss the message, the deeper meaning of what happens on that first resurrection Sunday. And so Jesus interprets the scriptures. He explains them. He, he pieces together the puzzle, right? If you like paint by numbers or, or, or connect the dots, Jesus is connecting the dots for these people. He's helping them to understand that this is not just an amazing, miraculous moment. This has been a long-anticipated promise of God that's fulfilled in their presence. And so we can begin to recognize the message of Easter by getting to know our Bibles, by getting to know the promises of God, by getting to know not just when God gave this promise, but how it comes to fulfillment, either having been fulfilled or how it will yet be fulfilled. To spend time getting to know what God has in store for this world and for his people. Please understand something as well. We, we have more available to us today than ever before. God's word is more available to us than ever before. Margie mentioned before a, a website you could go to. It's on our phones, it's on our tablets, it's in our pockets. And, and not just the Bible, but, but it's been translated out of the, the Hebrew and the Greek and, and the Aramaic and, and into English and into Spanish and into any language that you are able to understand, practically speaking, any language that, you're, that, that you might understand. The Word of God is available to us all. So you want to know how, how we might not miss the message of the resurrection? Well, it starts by getting to know who God is and what he's declared. But more than just knowing about God, the invitation is to know him personally. Right? When, when, when Jesus interpreted the scriptures to these two, he, he wasn't telling them something that they probably hadn't already been taught or hadn't already heard. It was almost like Jesus pulled out the family photo album, right? Pictures they'd been seeing for years and started to point to them. You guys, you see that? That was me. You see that? There I am. He starts pointing in this family photo album to all these promises that are fulfilled in the life of Jesus. And so spending time with and in the scriptures are a powerful way to not miss the message of Easter. Now, I, I, I think it's a sermon for another day, 
Because Jesus doesn't even, we're not even told here in Luke what passages specifically Jesus went to. But he, he went to Moses' writings. He went to those, at least those first five books of our Bible. He, he explored the prophets. He, he explored some of those, the, the script, all the scriptures that they would have had. We don't know specifically what passages Jesus led them to, but man, it's, it'll be kinda, it would be cool to know, right? It would make it a lot easier for us. But guess what? God doesn't want to make it easy for us to know it because he knows we won't care if, we, if it's easy. He wants us to be treasure hunters. He wants us to dig in, to explore, to start to connect the dots through our own experience with the word of God. So spending time with and in the scriptures is a very powerful way to not miss the full message of Easter. You know, with that, the magic eye poster, you could look at it and miss the, 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 the picture, right? And miss that, that hidden image. You gotta sit with that image for a while. You gotta stare at it. You gotta, you gotta do so until your eyes go blurry and, and go out of focus and you get dizzy. But it happens. I, I actually spent a good amount of time myself making sure there was actually a hidden picture in that, in that image. It's there. It's a heart. It's a three-dimensional heart, right? It happens. Why? Because you spend the time as a treasure hunter, looking for the deeper meaning that God wants you to find. So spending time in the word of God, I think, is a powerful way. The second way that I encourage us to practice noticing the resurrection from our passage this morning is to realize what God can do and wants to do in Christian community, in the community of God's people gathered together like we are today. Let's look at the last few verses of our passage in Luke 24, verses 28 to 31. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, abide with us, for it's toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. What I want you to see here, the culmination of recognizing Jesus happened in the intimacy of fellowship around the table, around the breaking of bread, around something that Jesus did with his followers on numerous occasions. Not, not just the night before he was betrayed, but also in other moments, like before, before the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Right there, he breaks the bread. He gives thanks for it, right? But notice what these two men did on the road to Emmaus. They made space and time for Jesus. When, when Jesus came near to them, they didn't pop their AirPods in or their headphones on and, and avoid eye contact with him. I'll do that from time to time. When I'm, when I'm walking with the dogs or just on my own, I'll listen to a book on audio or, or listen to music or whatever, and, and man, that's, that's time for me. I like walking by myself. I don't want to make eye contact and talk with people. I wouldn't have blamed them if they're having this in-depth conversation and, and they don't invite Jesus into the conversation. But what Jesus shows us is that when we make time for Jesus, when we create space to, to allow him to enter into our hearts and minds and, and, and influence what we're thinking about and reflecting on and meditating on, God will show us the deeper meaning of his message, of the gospel. 
These two, they, they made time to fellowship with, with this man. They, they made time to listen to him. When he interpreted the scriptures to, him, to them, they listened. Later on, they'll say, were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke to us along the way? Church, I think there's something to be said for us recognizing and, and, and recommitting ourselves to gathering regularly, weekly, with other believers, whether it's here on Sunday morning or, or in our homes throughout the week or some other place, gathering with other believers for worship around the scriptures is a powerful way for us to notice the true meaning of the gospel and of, of the resurrection. Earlier in the gospels, Jesus tells his followers that where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. The, the, the key to this gathering is the purpose for which they gather, right? Is Jesus our shared purpose? Is it our purpose to know him, to, to love him, to, to learn to trust him and follow him more? Then he's there. He's there interpreting the scriptures to us through the work of his Holy Spirit. Church, you may think that God is, is too busy to shepherd you and, and to speak to you, but you'd be wrong. Because what Jesus wants you to know is that he is our risen Savior. Not just one who defeated death and, and comes out of the grave, but one that God had promised to send from long ago. From when Adam and Eve were first kicked out of the garden after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God doesn't want you to miss the significance of the resurrection. And so this morning, we're celebrating much more than a Savior who, who, who's defeated death and come back from the grave. We're celebrating a long-expected Savior whose death has long been anticipated, right? It's, it's not, it should come as no surprise. And with his death, we have life. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This has been God's plan all along, to rescue and redeem his people through his own sacrifice, through his own death, that we too might be raised to life with him. This is the good news, that, that Christ died according to God's plan, that Christ died according to the promise God gave to his people long ago. And Christ rose again three days later, again, according to God's plan. We should be celebrating God's faithfulness. We have hope because we're putting our hope in a faithful God who not only makes promises, but then fulfills those promises. And so because Christ, Christ lives, so do all those who believe in him. Church, don't let Easter go by and miss the deeper truth that God wants you to know. That truth being that he, he loves you so much that he would make a way through his own sacrifice that we might have life with him again. 
Take the time to notice what God has done. Take the time to notice what God is doing. Look more closely at the story and understand the full meaning of the scriptures. And if you're having trouble, if you're looking at the scriptures and they don't quite make sense to you, you're not really sure you see the deeper meaning of what's going on here, then just as we would encourage you with the hidden picture of the magic eye poster, keep looking at the scriptures. Keep gathering with others who are looking at the scriptures. God will enlighten your minds and your hearts to his truth. Keep showing up to the scriptures. Keep showing up to Christian community. And trust that Jesus is at work among us to transform us and to make us whole. So church, trust that God not only wants to show you the full meaning of the resurrection, God will show you the full meaning of the resurrection as we look to him, as we look to his word, and as we gather together to celebrate who he is, what he's doing, and to be encouraged by what he will yet do. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you are a faithful God. And Lord, I pray that even in those moments where we are missing the deeper meaning, the the greater picture of what's going on, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have his way in us to enlighten our hearts and minds to the hope of the promises that you have given us. Lord, help us not to be a people who walk about this world knowing about the scriptures but missing that deeper truth, the deeper reality. Help us to be a people, Lord, who, who, like these two followers, were so overcome in recognizing the risen Savior that they ran seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell the others. Help us to be th- those kinds of people who are so excited by the, 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 the promises that we see and, and believe in and, and live in response to, Lord, that we're overcome by excitement that we're transformed by your grace and your mercy and, and that we are becoming more and more the people of the resurrection. Lord, thank you that, that Christ is risen. We pray this in his name. Amen. Don't miss the deeper message of Easter. It's a message that you can study for the rest of your life.